thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. We're praying for Sarah as she uh, comes and brings God's word for us. So you don't know her, Sarah is from St. Paul's Church up the road um, and has recently been ordained as a, as as just like a vicar. Okay, so she's the reverend. She's also a GP, very busy. So Reverend Dr. Sarah Richardson, F-C-H-G-X. Uh, I'm just adding letters. You're making them up. Good, yeah. good guess. Okay, <laughs> so let's just pray for Sarah now. Father God, I pray for Sarah. I thank you for what you've blessed her with, and I thank you for the fact that she is willing to be your servant. And I pray, Lord, today that as she brings your word, it will speak right to our hearts. That help us to hear, help us to take in, and help us to change, because you want to transform us from the inside out. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Over to you. Thank you. Not that you didn't do a good job of introducing me, Johnny, but I am just going to introduce myself again. So, I am Sarah. Please don't worry about the Reverend Doctor bit. That is my title, but I am just Sarah. So, I came to Barrow about 14 years ago when I was a medical student. I got sent to Furnish General from Liverpool and I didn't know what I was coming to. But I loved Barrow, I loved learning in Furnish General, and I became part of St. Paul's Church, which is on Abbey Road. And God really used coming to Barrow to shape my life. So I didn't know then that in the years since I have been at Barrow, he would allow me to learn how to preach and to become a leader in St. Paul's Church. Now, I have also done more training as a doctor, and I do work as a GP in Dalton. So if you live in Dalton, it is up to you whether you want to come and see Dr. Richardson after this. Um, I'm really, really privileged to be here. I know many of the Springmount family, so I feel that. I feel like I am coming to extended family here this morning, so I hope you will have me. Now, Johnny has given me the privilege of finishing off your Mountain Talk series, which is about the Sermon on the Mount. Now, if you haven't been here for this series, don't worry, neither have I. So, I'm going to do the best I can to do a summary this morning. The Sermon on the Mount is a big block of Jesus' teaching that he gave to his disciples on a mountain. It's the biggest block of Jesus' teaching that we have, and he is saying, this is what I want people to be like in my kingdom. And the bit we're going to look at this morning is the very, very end. So I'm going to read that to you, which is Matthew 7, verses 24 to 29. This is what it says. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, 
The streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because its foundations were on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority, and not as their teachers of the law. Springmount Church, you have heard the Sermon on the Mount. So now what? You have heard it, but is that going to be enough for you? You can say with great pride, I know it, I've heard it, I know all about Jesus and his Sermon on the Mount. This is my message to you this morning. Don't just know about the Sermon on the Mount, do it. You are to do the Sermon on the Mount. You heard it from Jesus' own lips. It's not about who hears his message. The wise builder is the one who puts it into practice. You've been given two choices and only two, so if you like to sit on the fence, I'm sorry, but today is not for you. You can either be a wise builder or a foolish builder. Here's some pictures, hopefully if it's gonna work, of some foolish builders. There you go. Do you like the positioning of that door? Just keep going through those for me. Don't really know what went wrong here. I would have absolutely no chance at this. There we go. Okay, so there was some foolish builders. There's one more. Enjoy this, children. I don't really know where that ends. Now, what about this one? What do you think about this building? I think that looks quite nice. Yeah, would you be happy to stay there? Well, it turns out you can stay here. This house is actually famous, and I'm going to tell you what it's famous for in a moment. But it, while I was looking for pictures of it, I found it on Airbnb. So if, after this talk, you would like to go and visit this house, it is out there. Now, I think we'll all agree that this house looks like it was built by a wise builder. You notice how it's on stilts? That's not unusual for this part of the world. This is the coast of Texas, and I think we can see the neighborhood where it is built. Possibly. There we go. So you see there's all those other houses around it. Lots of them are built on stilts, actually. But the house we saw was higher than any of those. It stands at 14 feet above the ground. Now I'm going to show you why this house is famous. We hope. Ta-da! This house is famous because it is called the last house standing. When Hurricane Ike hit Texas 
In 2008, it brought with it winds of 145 miles per hour. That is even windier than Walney. I'm looking at Liz. And it caused flooding. It caused flooding that meant only this house, which was built 14 feet above the ground, was left standing. Now, before we rush on, I want you just to look at that house. What is it that you want for your life? What is it that you want for this church? Do you want it to be able to stand even when the challenges of life come? When your life is done and God examines how you have built your life, do you want him to say that you have built wisely? Well, you have been given two choices this morning. You can be a wise builder or you can be a foolish builder. If you want to be a wise builder, Jesus says you mustn't just hear his words, you must put them into practice. What are those things that he has told us he wants put into practice? I'm going to do my best to do a running run-through summary of the Sermon of the Mount. Now, this really is Sarah's summary of the Sermon on the Mount. You might want to go back and read it for yourself. I'm going to put it to you as this. Jesus is beautifully different. He is beautifully different than any other leader you have ever come across. And his kingdom, what he wants to build on the earth, is beautifully different. And it's made up of people who live lives that are beautifully different. Let's hear what Jesus had to say about his kingdom. Jesus said, in his kingdom, the sort of people who are going to be blessed are the people who are poor in spirit. Those people who find themselves grieving in this life. Those who are meek. Those who are hungry for what is right. Those who are merciful, pure in heart, peacemakers. Those who suffer or get insulted for doing what's right. Jesus' followers are the light in the darkness. They are salt that keeps the world good and full of flavor. They are people who care so much about doing what is right that they look inside their own hearts and they remove from their hearts anger, lust. They are faithful in their relationships. They keep their promises. They treat people with justice. They even treat be people better than they deserve. They seek to love even the people who have hurt them. They make time in their life to seek God, even when nobody is watching. They are generous to people, even if nobody praises them for it. They are not chasing after the things that everyone else says you must have. They are not chasing after the clothes, the house, the holidays, what people think about them. They are not harsh in their judgment against other people. They put their trust in God for all they need. Do you think that those people 
are beautifully different. When the choice I put to you was obvious, do you want to be a foolish builder or a wise builder? Why wouldn't we all be wise builders? Why wouldn't we all build our lives in such a way that we are the last house standing? I think the answer's pretty obvious when you hear it. It sounds really, really hard, really hard to put those words into practice. The Sermon on the Mount is also in uh, another gospel. Luke talks about the same sorts of teaching of Jesus. And when he talks about the wise and foolish builders, he says, the wise builder dug down deep into the rock. Do you think it's easy to dig down deep into rock? It's going to take strength, isn't it? It's going to take perseverance. It's probably a lot easier and a lot quicker, and maybe you get more instant results if you just throw your house up on the sand. What about your life? Because we're not talking about building a physical house. We're talking about building our lives. What is going to be quicker and easier? Is it going to be quicker and easier to constantly bring your heart before God and say, Jesus, I want you to shape me your way? I see the anger there. I see the lust there. I see the way I treat people. And I want you to change me. Is it going to be quick and easy to do that? Is it going to be admirable in other people's eyes if they think, why haven't you got the nice house? Why haven't you got the nice car? Why aren't you lying to get ahead? Why aren't you just doing what you need to do to come first in this life? It would be probably quicker and easier just to do what everyone else says. They might like you more. When you look at it, your house might actually look better if you don't do it Jesus' way. Because what Jesus is talking about is hidden. The foundations that your life is built on are the hidden things. The things that no one else sees the things that you do with your time when no one is looking. The reason that we are often not the wise builders who seek to put Jesus' words into practice is that it is hard. So I want to speak to you this morning. If you have been faithfully building, if you are someone who has been trying to follow Jesus, now whether you've been trying to follow him for a week or you've been trying to follow him for 80 years. I want you to hear this morning, if it has been hard, well done. Well done. Because the sign that you are a wise builder who is putting Jesus' words into practice is that you are living out 
the words of someone who talked about a kingdom that is not of this world. So if you are finding it hard to do that, if you are finding it needs perseverance, and it doesn't always seem like you are getting the same as everyone else, well, well done, because you are probably putting Jesus' words into practice just like he wanted. The reward for you will come. Jesus didn't say, you put my words into practice and you'll be left with nothing. He said, when the storms come, it will be evident that you have built your life in the right place. I was a bit worried that I might end up making us all depressed at this point, that we all might be left feeling like this is an impossible task that Jesus has plonked on us and then gone. I want us to be serious about the fact that following Jesus is hard. Let's none of us just go through the motions. I could be honest with you now and say it would be possible for me to live the rest of my life just going through the motions with God. I'm used to going to church on a Sunday. I don't know what I would do if I didn't. Do people go for brunch? Is that what they do? I could keep going to church. I know what's in the Bible, more or less. I could just coast like that to the rest of my life. And for what you could see, you might say, Sarah builds her life on Jesus. Let us be honest with one another this morning that that is not the kingdom of God. That is not the Sermon on the Mount. That is not the beautifully different people that Jesus came to build. So when things happen in my life, and it's often the hard things, so for example, somebody drove into my car the other week. I wasn't in it, thankfully, but that person drove away and didn't leave any details. In my humanity, what do you think that does to my heart? I could judge that person. Where did that person learn to drive? I could get angry at that person when I find out who it is. Or I could say, Jesus, what do you want to do with my heart? Do you want me to judge that way? Do you want, even though I'm losing here, my car has got a big dent in it, do you want me to be able to trust you enough that that isn't what eats me up inside? If we are going to put Jesus' words into practice, it's that kind of day-to-day, day-in-day-out, that we will have to ask Jesus to look inside us and help us change. But I want to end what I'm saying this morning by making sure that you hear that this isn't about us working really hard to try and please God. That Sermon on the Mount, if you or I just had to work really, really hard to try and not get angry, not judge anybody, not worry about anything, 
we are not going to be able to do it. We will just constantly feel like we are not enough. Jesus, who taught that sermon, is the Jesus who knows that every human heart needs a rescuer. Every human heart is broken. And Jesus came knowing that he could do what the human heart needed. That beautifully different kingdom is Jesus' kingdom. The kingdom made possible because Jesus gave himself to bring it in. So if you are here this morning and you are thinking, I really like the sound of a beautifully different kingdom. I really like the sound of being a beautifully different person. The first thing you need to put into practice is to know the one whose kingdom it is. So before you go away to put anything else into practice, will you get to know Jesus? It's really actually really simple. All you need to do is come to him and say, I know I'm broken. Jesus, will you come and live inside of me? The good news of the Sermon on the Mount is that Jesus is committed to bringing that kingdom in. He is committed to taking you and me, ordinary people, and transforming us into his beautifully different people. The Sermon on the Mount says that anybody who asks God for his spirit, God will give it to him. That is what I want to leave you with this morning. Spring Mount Church, don't just know about the Sermon on the Mount. Do the Sermon on the Mount. Go away from this place and say honestly to God, Jesus, I need you in my life. Will you show me the things in my heart that need to be transformed to be of your kingdom? Amen.